hey, this is Richie coming at you from the School of Marketing HQ. Before you dive into the show, I just want to tell you about a brand new short 12-week program we've launched called the Giants Marketing Masterclass. The program gives you access to insights and expert comments from over 25 CEOs and CMOs from major companies like Unilever, L'Oreal, M&S, Pret, and WPP, just to name a few. We focus on six key areas of marketing, customer, brand, commercial, creative, channel, and data and analytics. So if you were looking to upskill yourself or your team for just two and a half hours each week and get access to a network with our industry's giants through our live sessions, do check out the School of Marketing website for more deets. Alrighty, for now, enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of the Places Will Go show. Um, of course, we are here every week at 8 a.m. delivering you a, a, an amazing guest, an amazing talk, and hope of a bit of inspiration to, to start your week. Now, in, start your weekend, should I say. Um, now, look, um, this week we have a, a, a real fantastic guest. Now, I've been waiting for this for absolutely months. Uh, Alini has kept us waiting, but we finally got here. Um, so Alini Santos um, has actually got a, a new job, uh, or a new job title. She's the Chief Brand Officer and Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer of Unilever. And I must say, it's probably a first for us to actually have two chiefs on at the same time, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Um, um, Alini really is a force of nature. She's an individual who just really makes change happen. Um, she's a passionate believer in making the world a more inclusive and accepting place. And currently flying the, uh, the flag really high for Unilever in areas such as representing uh, Black minorities in marketing or BRIM, which is the movement that she's just kicked off with a consortium of great companies as well, which she'll, she'll talk to. Um, we were talking earlier, just before we came live, and she talked about her, her one of her life goals is to, or challenges, is to really champion the, to unstereotype things. And I think that's that's amazing. And a lot of the work she's done to date has been doing that. Um, you know, there's a, a massive movement that she's now drawing to create a more inclusive environment, um, you know, to, be, to help shine in the industry as well, um, to try kind of bursting some of those unstereotypes. Um, her professional career, she's worked with some of the most iconic marketing campaigns for Unilever, from Dove to Omo. So we should say that she probably knows a thing or two about, you know, creating exceptional global marketing campaigns and impact. Um, it's really no, no wonder that she really is one of the true leaders of Unilever at the moment. Um, but, you know, beyond, I mean, I've, I've met uh, Eleni a number of times, and it really strikes me that, that beyond all these professional accolades, what, what really shines through and, and sets Eleni apart is the human approach that she takes to everything. She really just does put people first. She's a real people person. Um, and she really works hard to, to kind of champion, perhaps, uh, you know, the underdogs in, in, uh, in our space and whatever she, she wants to do. She's originally from Brazil, so she's had an absolute, she'll have a global perspective on the world. And she's obviously worked across a number of, um, of countries as well. So again, you know, looking forward to hearing some of those different perspectives that she's going to bring. So really, with so much to talk about, um, I don't want to spend more time talking myself, but I'd just like to introduce Alini. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on this morning. Um, and uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rich and Mark. I was looking forward to come to your show. Uh, and, uh, you know, if I didn't uh, come here earlier, it was just because of, uh, you know, uh, a crazy, crazy life that I've been living. But um, honestly, uh, your show is a big success. 
And uh, it is always a pleasure to tune in on Friday morning, eight o'clock and watch, you know, all the conversations you have been having. One thing that I love about the show is the informality of it. It's really, you know, a wonderful place for us uh, to talk and, uh, and see, yeah, the places uh, we will go. Thank you. Thank you, Eleni. Well, I, I will pass over to Mark to, to kick us off with the first question. All right. Yeah. Uh, welcome, Eleni. I just echo Richie's words. You, you are a force of nature and everyone will experience <laughs> that this morning. So that's wonderful. Uh, you, you've already said it. A crazy, crazy life that you live. Uh, how has 2021 been for you? <sighs> Look, um, I think that uh, so far, um, wonderful, I have to say, because everything in life is, is relative, isn't it? And if we really look at everything that is going on around the world today, um, you know, if we just become a little bit conscious, you know, we can only feel a lot of gratitude. I, I'm definitely in that space of feeling huge gratitude because um, I am, uh, since the beginning of the lockdown, living in my home with my husband, with my two sons, uh, and we got a new member, Luna, my dog. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a blessed family. I, I still love my husband. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> we, have been, we have been together for uh, 35 years. And, uh, and last year we were going to do a big celebration for the 25 years uh, that we got married. Uh, it didn't happen, of course. But, you know, yeah, we, we are in a, in a very good space. So in, in contrast to everything else that is happening in the world, I, I can only feel gratitude. Um, so yeah, um, nothing, nothing to complain. Um, quite the opposite is, is, is my consciousness just puts me in a position of thinking about, okay, from my point of privilege, how can I help? How can I do something that is going to help uh, others that are not uh, so privileged at the moment? Eleni, that's, that's a wonderful answer there. And I'm not going to let you get away with having a 35-year relationship and not tell us a little <laughs> bit about the secret sauce that uh, that makes it that makes it uh, magic. Many, many, many secret sauces. Uh, there, there, are, there are things that are very simple. Um, and, um, you know, it's not a surprise for you. As, as you heard many times, you know, if you wanted to have a long lasting relationship, you really have to take care of it. You have to dedicate time for your relationship. So you can never, ever take this for granted. Uh, so one thing that I do with my husband that is super fun is, uh, we get married every five years. Um, so we, it's like a recontract, we recontract and, uh, nice. <laughs> and, uh, and we do big parties and we, you know, do. We do thematic parties. We invite people around the world to travel with us. We did a, a Mamma Mia wedding. We did a Thousand One Nights wedding. We do all, all crazy things. And, uh, and this helps a lot yeah, to reconnect, to recontract, uh, and uh, you know, to, to, to put things in, in order. So it wow. takes dedication. It's not uh, something that uh, you, have to, you, you can take for granted. Yeah, um, we just got a comment from Jordan saying that with the five-year contract, of course, you can renew your terms and conditions. So that's, uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, you, you're a very energetic person. Uh, uh, and I, I doubt you struggle for motivation at many times. But what have some of the challenges been for you through this pandemic period? Uh, look, um, 
I am a self-motivated person and uh, to a point that is even irritating to, to my, my family members. Uh, you know, I, I'm the sort of person that is always waking up with a very positive mood, with a lot of energy, singing, and I sing very badly. So people say, please stop this noise. Uh, but um, so, so, so for me, it's not been a big struggle. I adapt very quickly to different situations. I, I think that... Um, um, what helped me a lot during this lockdown, especially during this lockdown, is uh, is an area that I have been studying for uh, four or five years now. Uh, I have been uh, studying metaphysics. And with the studies of metaphysics, I think that helped me so much to center, so much to have a balance, so much uh, also to learn how to keep fear away. Because if you think about fear is the worst thing that can happen to us. Fear is worse than COVID-19, is more toxic than COVID-19. So with metaphysics, I think one of the key things that I've learned was when, you know, thought forms come to my mind that are negative, that are dragging me down, I know how to revert them. I know how to keep my mind always in a positive state, always in a very high level of vibration that, you know, I don't allow this to affect me. And um, yeah, so, so that has been very helpful. And, uh, and of course, with that, I also do a lot of meditation. Uh, you know, I, uh, I, you know I, I do long walks uh, in the park uh, and uh, getting closer to nature uh, is another thing that I think is, is super helpful for us to get our energy back. Just to, just to say, you 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 also have a hobby of somehow bending time, I guess, because how, how you fit all of that in is going to be a mystery to all of us. But but back to you, Richie. Yeah, look, no, it's it's so true. It's funny because I, I was chatting to Mark just about sort of you know this whole kind of positive mental attitude just earlier this week, and one of the things that Mark said that he does quite often is does one to ones while walking. So sort yeah. of having that thing, and, and, he, and you know, clearly uh, clearly helps his his thought process and fluidity of the conversation but also perhaps killing two birds with one stone in, in some ways as well. So it's kind of a, an interesting parallel there. Maybe, maybe if you haven't tried it, maybe it's one to, one to do whilst you're going on those walks. Um, Alina, I want to take you back a little bit, right? So um, you're from Brazil and, 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 I'm, and I'm, in fact, I'm from India, grew up there as well. And I think there's some parallels to the cultures in which, which we kind a of, lot. you know, a lot. Right? It's amazing, absolutely, actually. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I have such a strong connection with India. I cannot tell you. I, we, you know, we can spend the whole, you know, uh, session today just talking about India, my passion for India. And I, I agree with you. We have so many similarities. My goodness. Oh, but, okay. Uh, okay. Everyone, yeah. uh, that's what we're going to do for the rest of the session. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Right. But the point, point being, right, um, is I just want to kind of really understand what you think about some of those cultures that really do set us up. What what gets embedded? What's grounded in some of those in, in, in those ways of thinking, thoughts, the way that we're brought up? Um, that perhaps are some of the good parts that then you know lead on to successful individuals going on to do some great things. Um, I, I think that you know one of the similarities that I see between India and Brazil is uh, how passionate people are. Uh, about anything, yeah, and about everything at the same time. And, uh, you know, th there is this, um, you know, things in our countries, unfortunately, are not for granted, yeah, uh, even simple things, yeah, uh, a house for people to live, uh, health systems, uh, education, 
Yeah, as you know, in our both both of our countries are struggling so much with simple things like that. So when you're born in a country like that, um, you know you have to fight for everything. You have to fight to get a house. You have to fight to get education. So th so that triggers a lot of passion for people. And at the same time, every time that you conquer anything, there is a big celebration. There is a big you know sense of achievement. And 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 uh, you know and there are small things, but you know with all all these small things keep us with this very high level of energy and happiness most of the time. People in Brazil are extremely happy, although there are lots of challenges and problems. In average, yeah, you walk in the street, 99% of people are smiling to you, yeah, uh, and are very keen to engage with you. Same in India, yeah, that's yeah. how I feel. The other thing that I think it's a is is, is really a privilege to be uh, born in Brazil and raised in Brazil is that because the country is, is full of contrasts, that makes you grounded in the reality of the world. So even if you were born in a privileged com uh, family, um, you know you walk on the street and you can immediately see the contrast. You know the block that I used to live in Brazil, same block, yeah, very privileged block, but you know next to me there was a favela. So, you know, so coming out of home every day, I could see what was the reality of the country. And that makes you grounded, makes you fresh, makes you will, uh, will, will create a willingness to, to, to help the country, to help, you know, everybody to have, this, to have the same access of opportunities that you had. So I think that these are some of the similarities uh, that we have between our countries, uh, Rich. And by the way, when I was talking about the weddings every five years, uh, India is in on my list. Yeah, um, so I have to have an Indian wedding that will take like a week. Well, look, I, I can I can certainly hook you up on that front. So <laughs> when when it comes to it, you let me know. <laughs> just yeah. uh, just want to say a quick hello to Louise Harrison from uh, from my work. Welcome welcome on board, Louise. So so Lina, you can see where your multicultural perspective and uh, passion for diversity comes from uh, uh, from from your heritage and background. L let's go back a bit again and say and then explore how you got to where you are now. Kind of life's journey. Join the dots from the beginning to where you are now. And give us your pathway. Okay. So yeah, I, I, I was born and raised in Brazil um, and I had uh, the most wonderful childhood. Uh, and uh, you know, um, you know, one story that I tell so that people understand a little bit more about my purpose today is that story um, that is a true story. Um, although I had this happy, very happy childhood, when I was looking to my future, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, the references that I had was uh, were coming from my mom and my aunt. So either I was going to be a teacher or I was going to be a housewife. That was uh, the kind of um, references that I had. But one day something changed uh, and changed in a very dramatic way. One day a movie came from the, from, from, from the US, from Hollywood, uh, a film from Ridley Scott called Alien. I don't know if you remember that film, um, Alien. But when it uh, got into Brazil, the translator got the name of the film wrong. And uh, instead of Alien, they call it Alini, my name. And alien uh, was a monster, was a horrible thing. So out of the sudden, I became that monster. So at school, everybody was bullying me and saying, Aline the monster, Aline this, Aline that. And I was really troubled. And my mom said to me, you know, don't get troubled. Just go and watch the movie. And I went and I watched the movie. And little I knew that that movie was going to change the course of my life. Uh, 
For the first time in my life, I saw a woman as a leader, a woman that was a strong character. That was Sigourney Weaver. She was playing the role of Sergeant Ripley. And she was dominating the spaceship. She was killing all the monsters. She was unbelievable. And it was like Sigourney was looking at me and saying, Alini, wake up, girl. You can be whoever you wanted to be. You don't need to be a teacher or a housewife. Yeah, wake up yeah, and be yourself. And uh, that was a kind of a wake-up call. And um, from that on, I said, okay, I'm going to be something different. And I decided to have my own business. And I started, uh, you know, to start business. Uh, and then, you know, within the, you know, the course of, my, of my, my, my studies, I decided to open a business where I was selling underwear, lingerie. And uh, it was like a little Victoria's Secret uh, for Brazil, but that was 30 years ago. And uh, it, I cannot tell you how much fun I had selling lingerie uh, at university, but you can imagine, yeah, all the catwalks, all the sort of things that I invented there. But I said, you know what, if I really wanted to be successful with my lingerie business, I need to learn marketing. And where is the best school of marketing? Your school, Rich, was not available at that time, okay? There we go. I was, you know, fair, fair call, fair call. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, let me go to Unilever because that is the best school of marketing. And I joined Unilever and I said, I'm going to stay there maximum three, four years. And then I'm going to go back to my business and explode my business. But here I am. Uh, you know, many, many years in Unilever, worked in many different areas of Unilever, in the areas of foods, personal care, home care, had the privilege of working with the most beautiful brands of the company. Um, and then that has been a phenomenal journey. Uh, today, I have these two jobs in, 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 in marketing and in diversity and inclusion, uh, which is absolutely a perfect combination for me, for my purpose, for what I wanted to do. When you identify a job that is talking directly to your purpose, you don't have to work a day in your life. It is like magic. Yeah, the energy flows. And, um, and lately, what happened is that I was uh, invited to be part of a non-executive board of two other companies that I love. Uh, one of them is uh, a Swedish furniture company, IKEA, uh, which is, uh, you know, a darling. It's amazing. I'm, I'm in love with IKEA. And the other one was a museum here in London, uh, which is the Victoria and Albert Museum. So yeah, my yeah, that is my kind of a yeah five minutes uh, <laughs> history. Alini, wow, and and so many so many points to to pick up on there. Um, I mean, what what amazing non-exec uh, sort of roles um, IKEA just being at certainly and, and you know, um, and and the Victoria Abbott as well. Just amazing, amazing iconic institutions to be a part of and and leave your stamp the same way that you certainly have been doing at, at Unilever. Um, I want to want to go back though, and and I love the the notion and thought that actually a movie can change the direction of your life, and creative inspiration can come from absolutely anywhere. And largely, it's a little embryonic seed that gets planted. And I'm almost embarrassed to talk of the. I love the fact that you actually named the alien. I think that's brilliant. I'm, I'm embarrassed to even say what perhaps some of my my iconic movies that really kind of shaped the way I think about things. Probably too more more romantic and fluffy than anything else. Um, <laughs> But nevertheless, we will we'll move on from that. Um, the one thing that you did mention, and I and I really do want to pick up on, was the perhaps the stereotypical notion of where you could have ended up. And I think you've really taken that uh, that element to heart in the way that you want to break down stereotypes. Um, and you've done so much work in this area. And I would love to just get your your thoughts one 
on the, the embryonic reason why you feel so passionate about breaking down stereotypes, and then perhaps some of the examples that you've then gone on to, to achieve in this area. Yeah, I, I think that my, 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 my personal story and how, you know, seeing became believing for me was the trigger for everything else that happened, yeah? Uh, so having the right references. And, and, and unfortunately, if you think about it, uh, we all make subconscious associations, even without thinking, yeah? So if I tell you I'm Brazilian, lots of things are going to come to your mind. If I say I'm Indian, yeah, lots of other things are going to come to your mind. Yeah. Uh, so we do this in a blink, yeah? We understand people through the references uh, that we have available for us. And, and re these references have been conditioning to us since we were little babies. Um, so at a simple level, we can call them stereotypes. And, and advertising has historically a huge problem with that. We have been telling the same story again and again and again and again, as if there was only one story about what I, white people uh, are, a white, uh, what the black people are, or what you know, old people are, young people are. So it's very single uh, in terms of the, the sort of um, uh, approach that we have been having with advertising. And basically, you know, majority of our consumers don't connect with advertising as they used to be because now they are much more critical. They are much more conscious. They are looking at the advertising and they're not seeing themselves represented there. So it doesn't relate to them anymore. So I think that, you know, the possibility that we have is actually, first of all, start representing people in a more authentic way. Yeah, looking to our society and representing our society as it is in our advertising. But if we can, yeah, we should also push the envelope a little bit push to, be, to become a little bit more progressive than the societies that we are working in, in order that we can push society as well, that we can push society to the many possibilities that exist yeah, in terms of how you express your humanity. We, we are almost 8 billion people rich. Uh, around the world. And all of us have our uniqueness because it's not only about one dimension either. Yeah, We have our gender, we have our sexual preference, we have the color of our skin, we have our age. There is all this intersectionality that happens. And, and this is the beauty. Yeah, Each of us are unique. So my dream is really to have a world where people just accept our uniqueness, our uh, full humanity, that nobody has to pretend to be someone else in order to be accepted. No one else has uh, to do something with their hair to be accepted in the business environment or at school. Yeah, like, like in the US, for instance, yeah, we are working hard with the Dove uh, brand. We created something called the Crown Act, where... We are trying to do some systemic change, making you know all schools and businesses accept whatever hair the person wants to uh, to have, right? But especially black people have been struggling a lot in some institutions, not being allowed to have their natural hair. So we changed the law already in seven countries, uh, seven seven states in the U.S., New York, California included. But there's more to be done. So this 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 idea. Uh, that there is only one way to be is, is something that we need to break. And advertising has the power to do it. Uh, hallelujah to that thought. And, and you should already be proud of what you've already achieved towards breaking down stereotypes and, and the work I know you'll go on to do. Just, just a couple of comments in the chat. So, Louise, uh, inspired by Alien, Jess, what a great story. Um, you know, I, I had hairs on the back of my neck there when you were talking about the power of 
a moment and probably we should all reflect on what have been those pivotal moments in our lives. We're all a product of our past to a large extent. Um, so that's a wonderful reflection. I also heard very loudly when you said when you're on purpose, you don't actually have to work a day in your life. Um, and, and I'm gonna link it to a question from Raju. So we talk a lot about purpose uh, and it's culturally quite cool at the moment at a corporate level, um, but of course it, it, it can wither and it isn't always genuine. So the seed of Raju's question is kind of how do you how do you make sure it links to brand growth? And I think this is a perfect segue into why your role is as it's going to be, that intersectionality between brands and purpose and live, live to the fullest. So tell us a little bit about why the role as it is. Right. So um, I think that the role uh, as it is today, which is the combination of these uh, two areas, marketing and equity, diversity and inclusion, is really the right, uh, the right combination for our times. If you think about marketing, the biggest transformation that we've seen in marketing has been the digital transformation, the digital revolution. But digital has actually transformed every area of our lives. It's not only marketing, right? So digital is larger than life. I would say that after that, the biggest transformation that we've seen is the transformation of the awaken of society. We have so many challenges and crises as we speak. Yeah, we have a health crisis, economic crisis, sustainability crisis, and we have a mother of all inequality yeah, crisis. And when I think about that, that is the perfect moment for marketeers to honor their badges and do something that is really meaningful for society. Understanding, yeah, especially what, you know, humanity is going through, the inequalities that people are facing today, I think it's not even uh, an opportunity. I think it's a mandatory. I think it is a kind of baseline. If you don't do this now, yeah, uh, you are talking bollocks. Um, if you think about all these inequalities that have been exacerbated during COVID times, yeah, um, you know, this is, this is really, really serious. But another thing that maybe people didn't notice, but we know is that 74% of uh, consumers have also exacerbated their demands for brands. They expect much more now from brands than ever before. And when I'm talking about the expectations from consumers, they expect brands to do something to help us in this crazy world that we are living in, but they want us to do it in an authentic way. Walk wash yeah, is something that consumers can smell at 100 kilometers distance. Yeah, they can sense if the brand is not being genuine. And getting the right purpose for your brand is an art. It's not an easy thing to be done. Yeah, you really have to understand the roots of your brands. You have to understand the category that you are operating in. Uh, the you know the, the the tension or the pain point that society has that has some kind of you know um, uh, relevance to the context uh, of your brand. Otherwise, yeah, it's not going to uh, to be right. And the other demands that consumers are making today that I think is uh, super important is that they, uh, they understood purpose already. They, they see that as something good. And of course, representing people in advertising in a proper way, um, 
making sure that you know your your brand is doing more than selling a product is a good thing but what they want is is for us to act as well the expectation is not only about advertising saying beautiful things and making the world more beautiful uh, the expectation is that behind advertising companies are doing something serious yeah i was just using the example of the the law that we are changing in the us yeah so these are systemic changes we have the power this industry has the power to create systemic change and when we do that especially when we are talking about uh, underrepresented uh, uh, communities um you know this is something that we have to start looking at our own home, our own companies. So that's why my, my, my job on equity, diversity and inclusion kicks in as well, because the same time that I'm pushing advertising to be unstereotypical and representing societies where we serve, uh, internally at Unilever, we are doing a huge job in terms of our workforce being representative of uh, the societies that we serve. So we have done a lot of work on gender. We have a 50-50 company now, which is amazing for 150,000 employees spread in 179 countries. Um, we are doing a lot to become the most desired company for persons with disabilities to work in our company. Uh, we want LGBTQI plus community to feel that they have a home at Unilever. Uh, and, and also uh, the biggest challenge of all, which is race and ethnicity, where uh, I think that the whole world is behind. And that's where we need to put um, an extra emphasis. You know, it's, uh, it really is uh, kind of inspiring to hear all the various things that you're involved in, but even conceptually, the way you're thinking about the world and how to solve some of these naughty problems. I mean, we've always firmly believed that marketing is a major force for good and behavioral change and systemic change. So we're completely aligned in that thinking around how we can, you know, use the tools, techniques that we have available to us to actually really make make a big dent in, in some of these big crises in the world that you you mentioned, Alini. Um, you talked about purpose being a an art. Um, now, clearly, that's only part of the equation when it comes to marketing, and and our industry is is certainly going down a you know as much part art as it is science. And to that extent, there's, a, there's an interesting question that's come up from Keith Yonish. So thanks, Keith, for this, um, where he asks about what the role of AI in being able to really understand some of these sort of major dilemmas, thought processes, inequalities, um, cultural and social um, elements that you talked of. Do you believe that AI can do that? Um, and what do you think the role is overarchingly to solve this? Uh, I, I, yeah, I think that... Um not only AI, but, um, you know, the availability that we have uh, of data these days can really transform things in a, in, in a speedy way. Uh, from my work on equity, diversity, and inclusion, my best friends are my data analytics. Because a lot of times, you know, it, it comes to that. I give you an example. I give you, an ex I, I give you two examples. Um, um, I just asked my data analytics team to understand in the last five years, how many people have, uh, you know, for each of the leaders, how many people they have promoted and between them uh, that they promoted, how many were men and women? Yeah. So simple question. And with that data, I, I was able to show to some people that in the last five years, they have promoted like 10 people, but not one woman, not one person of color. Yeah. So it is kind of a very powerful because then when you confront the person with the data, 
It's not my opinion. It's just the data. It is real. It's factual. And the person has a shock with that because not even the person has realized that. And immediately after that, there is a change of behavior. There is a change of the way people are going to be thinking about the next uh, set of, uh, uh, of hirings that they're going to do. Another example is the artificial intelligence that we started using in the recruitment for Unilever. Unilever has zillions of candidates every year. I think it's around uh, three, four million people trying to get into Unilever every year. And uh, it's very difficult yeah, to filter all these people. So we started using artificial intelligence and we started to use artificial intelligence in a way uh, that we, 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 we understood the, the algorithms behind. Um, and, and, and you know what? Uh, we increased substantially. I think it was around 25% uh, the inclusion of women in our workforce using the algorithm. So uh, of course, artificial intelligence can help us what is important is to understand how you construct that artificial intelligence, how you are yeah. constructing the algorithms behind, because if there is bias there, then you're going to have bias yeah, in a, you know, exponential proportion. So it's very important to do that. One of the works that we are doing now is going back to all our key policies that we have and, and revisiting all the policies from the, from the point of view of equity, more than equality, equity, and I can explain the difference um, in, a, in a minute. But what we are doing is understanding the policies uh, that we have in our company and seeing if they are really equitable for all the different communities that we wanted to have represented in our company. And if there are things that need to be changed, we are changing it. Um, so, so lots of, lots of uh, you know, it, 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 it requires a village and it requires many different signals in the company in order that you can become a truly inclusive company, a company where everybody walks in and have the sense of belonging. So we are, we are very proud uh, that we have achieved quite a lot. But as I say to my team, there are many mountains to be climbed. We are still on, on base camp one. Yeah, well, um, you're on Basecamp 1, but you're ahead of many. Uh, and, yeah, there's a lot of work to do to remove bias. But I love your use of data to create epiphanies in people that, make, that raise their awareness of the decisions that they, they've been making. Now, um, we're coming up to the anniversary of the death or murder, sorry, of George Floyd. Uh, I'm interested to know how that's changed the conversation within Unilever. You know, um, I think that uh, the, the death of George Floyd, if I'm not mistaken, 25th of May, uh, which is coming soon, as you're saying, uh, I think that has uh, accelerated uh, everything that we're already doing. I think that the beauty of uh, Black Lives Matter movement uh, is that it was not an issue in the U.S., it was. Uh, it became an issue in the globe. Uh, many countries have a very big black representation uh, that are, you know, um, you know, a community that is underserved in so many ways. Yeah, uh, in Brazil included. Uh, but there are many countries where there is no a big a black community, but yet, yeah, they join in on Black Lives Matter. So I think that. Um, the transformation of you know a local uh, one country issue into a global issue was uh, phenomenal. Uh, was very important. Uh, I think we are always going to remember this moment in 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 history, and I think this has ignited uh, even more um, intense uh, you know program 
behind black representation in companies, black representation in advertising, black representation in everything we do, uh, you know, in the insights that we have, in the products that we develop, um, you know, in, in, in every, every angle uh, of the business uh, that we lead. So I, I think that was quite critical. Uh, I'm super excited with the things that we are doing at Unilever. And I'm super excited with what we just launched a couple of weeks ago with the Facebook Council and many other companies, Shell, Deloitte, and many agencies, where we decided to focus our attention on the Black community. And we, we launched a movement called Black Representation in Marketing. And there we are putting all our best practices in terms of how to rewire end-to-end -end, yeah, our marketing approach in order that we can have a proper representation of the Black communities. And you know, please welcome to, uh, to see our website. Uh, uh, everything that, um, that, uh, that is there is, is, is public information now for anyone who wants to access. Uh, it's a very important movement for all of us to jump in. Uh, I think that um, among all the social inequalities, um, the inequalities related to race and ethnicity are the most uh, challenging ones. And here I'm being a little bit broader than a black community, uh, but race and ethnicity are facing the, 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 worst, uh, the, the worst kind of challenges and stereotypes. Uh, so focusing our attention uh, in this is, is, is quite critical. Um, Alina, I just want to pause for one second just to to take a to, to read out a couple of comments from the audience. Yes. And clearly, there's lots of lots of questions, and unfortunately, we probably won't get to all of them this morning, just given the number of questions we've got coming in. But just one from Saffron, um, Alina, your passion is utterly captivating. Mm -hmm. um, Kerry Flores says, um, really enjoying Alina's point of view and her sharing. Totally inspirational, um, practical, and she is a force for change. We should listen to in terms of authentic purpose. Best start to a Friday. Thank you. There you go. So yes, yeah, some some really great some really great encouragement from the audience. We love our audience. I mean, literally, without them, we're, we're nothing. So it's really great that they they come on every every Friday morning and give us some support. Um, I want to actually finish up with the question uh, from um, from Saffron that she asked. Unfortunately, I think it's just gone away from my screen. But anyway, I know what it is. Um, she just basically asks around some of the you know you've clearly had some amazing highs in your career. Um, what have been some of the, the points where you've had to reflect on things haven't gone your way and perhaps how you've been able to turn that into a positive and get back up and, 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 and start again? Uh, wow. Um, I, I, yeah, there were many moments, uh, many moments that I was like, um, what should I do from now on? And, uh, you know, questions about, you know, should I go back and be an entrepreneur? Uh, should I take my join journey? us, join us. <laughs> <laughs> Should I, I join other companies? But, you know, the fact is that you live so big with so many different opportunities that, you know, closing one door here was opening another door there. But for me, what was most important was to be always grounded into my purpose. Uh, and identifying your purpose, I think, is the most important journey for each of us. Because when you have that clear in your mind, that becomes a North Star. And when you are in a bad moment in your career or in your personal life, you just go back to your North Star and say, okay, okay, yeah, maybe this is not working, but let me focus again on what is really, really critical and important uh, in my life. And that is the purpose. Okay, so if that is the purpose, what are the alternatives for me to get there? 
So understanding where you want to go is is always the the, the very start, the very beginning of a very uh, a very positive journey. And uh, and you know I you know especially studying metaphysics, I I really think that you know everything that we go through uh, is 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 really a blessing in our lives. So we are learning all the time. Yeah, there are lessons for us, uh, north, south, uh, east, and west. And um, you know, take this as as um, as as an opportunity for you to grow as 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 a human being. Um, I think that um, you know, um, for every situation, just just accept. Every time I'll say to you that every time I was fighting with reality, I was losing. So don't fight with reality. Just understand reality, accept reality, learn from reality, and move on. Yeah, don't fight with reality. Would be my my suggestion to you. Anini, we've had a couple of comments. Uh, Raju saying this is a master session. We need it to be two hours. Unfortunately, <laughs> Lindsay, such a thought-provoking session. It has been a real gift to to hear from you. you Maybe you. it's something you've already said before, but this is the the purpose of the School of Marketing is to encourage people into the industry and to thrive when they get there. So, what what would your advice be to aspiring young marketers? And it may be something you said before, but just to put a, a pin okay. On. Um, when, when uh, especially when young people ask me, uh, my kids even ask me uh, some advice as well. I, I, I prefer to give you a, a life advice rather than a business advice. And I would start with something very serious uh, that people don't take serious, but it is serious. The first thing you need to do is to start loving yourselves. Start loving yourselves. Find time, yeah, to really uh, focus on yourself, understand yourself, not in a selfish way, but in a way of self-discovery, understanding who you are and valuing who you are. And believe me, you are so much more than you think you are, so much more. So that's the first thing, yeah, focus time on yourself. Second thing is don't allow anyone to define you ever, ever, ever. People know nothing, yeah? So that's why it's important to know yourself. Don't allow people to define you. In your career, you're going to receive a lot of feedback. Sometimes the feedback is not going to be pleasant. And sometimes, you know, you have to learn and swallow things that you need to evolve. But sometimes the feedback is not right for you. And you need to deflect that feedback, yeah? You should not be bothered about that. You should not allow people to define you because they are not seeing who you really are. Um, So please don't allow anyone to define you. Third thing I would say is that in this, um, please identify your purpose, as I just said. Find your purpose because this is very important. Um, And just go for it. Have a life that is fear-free. Don't allow fear to lock you down, to hold you back. Uh, Just go for it. And have fun, yeah, because it's very important to have fun. If you don't have fun, what is, you know, what are we doing here? Yeah, we have to have fun. So these are my my my, my advice, um, you know, to my kids, uh, to people who ask me about advice. Uh, that's what I would say to uh, your audience uh, as well, Mark. Wow. Elini, that's, that, that's absolutely fabulous. You know, there are very, very few moments in my life um, in my eight years of, of what I guess I'd call entrepreneurship, where I kind of go, maybe I could go back to the other side someday. And if I ever did, I'd probably want to be led by a leader like you. So it's been <laughs> absolutely fantastic to have you on this morning. 
Um, and I would, I would love to just summarize a few points that I've taken away from this conversation and then hand over to Mark for some of his summary. Um, before I do, uh, Keith, loved your comment about uh, everyone dressing up in pink. I clearly didn't get the memo this morning. Um, so that's, that's one for our producer, Jordan, to pick up on. Um, but hey, I will be better coordinated in my dress choices um, thereafter. So there we go. Um, but look, one thing that really, uh, the first thing that really struck, struck me was this infectious positivity that you bring to the table. And I'm sure you do that with your teams. And actually that's the embryonic start of creating movements. Um, and it's no doubt that, that you've been able to create those movements that you have in, in many different capacities of your life, both personal and professional, because of the personality that you bring to the table. It's just, it's just fantastic. Um, I love the, the notion of starting out on recontracting relationships. And I know you mentioned that in the context of your marriage, and, I'm, and you can still hold me to helping you with your, your wedding in <laughs> India. Um, but, but the point being is actually, I love that thought about constantly reevaluating relationships. Are they working? What's better? How we could do things differently? I think that's just as, as a thought there. And clearly starting at home is probably a good place um, as well. Um, so, you know, that's something that I will be thinking about. Um, I loved the, you used a phrase here that said, fear is more toxic than COVID. Um, and, you know, very much even personally in your advice, which you give to your sons around, you know, go for it. Don't be fearful. You know, you've got everything to play for. Um, and I think that's that's something that I've certainly certainly will be reflecting on as well. Um, you talked about Brazil in and, and the context of Brazil and India and the commonalities of, of where we get our uh, fire in the belly from. And, you know, we're fighting for simple things and then being able to celebrate success and achievement. I mean, that, you know. Isn't that just a great way to live our teams or give, live our businesses or, or anything else as well? So great, great insight there. Um, crisis in the world and, and actually marketing is a force for good. Um, be your authentic self to be able to do that. Marketing has honor badges, as you said. Um, finding your purpose um, as part of this to be able to make that dent. And by the way, if you do it um, in, in a walk washed way, then actually people will see through it. I think it was 100 miles away. So um, there you go. Um, my last point before I hand over to Mark um, is really around the, um, you know, love yourself, don't let others define you. And what I really, really thought was great was when you say, take the feedback, but sometimes it's also good to reject it. Yes. So just some brilliant insights there. Thank you, Eleni, from me. I'm going to hand over to Mark for his reflections. Thank you, Richie. Eleni, I can honestly say I've never met anybody like you. And I mean that in a 100% <laughs> wonderful, positive, energised way. Uh, just a couple of things for me. Richie, you've done a great wrap-up, but you started by saying how much gratitude you have, which was uh, a humbling start. Don't take relationships for granted. Uh, who'd have thought, you know, you're also studying metaphysics and that's your force field against fear. I'm going to have to check that out um, in a bit more detail. Uh, you talked about when you're on purpose, you don't actually have to work a day in your life. I thought that was a wonderful thought. That we need, as Richie says, we need to honour our badges and we need to push society. Uh, and very much around acceptance. And that starts with acceptance and fairness in society, but that also starts with ourselves. Uh, I, I'm so excited for your time with IKEA and BNA and on your new role. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see what you can do in the world. But, but for now, I'd just like to say an enormous thank you for giving us your time and energy this morning. And it's been wonderful. What a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure being with you guys. I wish it could be with your audience face to face, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, uh, hopefully uh, in a, you know, a couple of months or, or in the near time, perhaps. Yeah, we are all together again, maybe face to face. And uh, yeah, with, with, with that, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your time. 
Thank you for your, um, you know, your your capacity to learn so fast. My goodness, yeah, that you reproduce what I said better than I did. Well done, uh, and uh, yeah, and looking forward to watch more uh, of you and your talks uh, next Friday. So, thank well, you so that's, much. That's very kindly. Uh, you know, you've given us a gift, so we'll give you a small one back. We've recorded the chats. There's lots of lovely comments in there that we'll share back to you. Uh, you're right. We're here every week. Uh, next Friday, eight o'clock a.m. UK time, we've got Steve Hatch, Vice President for Facebook Northern Europe. Steve's going to talk about what it's like to be in Facebook through these last times uh, and some of the controversy that they've encountered. And also Steve will talk about uh, his dyslexia as his superpower. So tune in next week and have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining. Thank you.